Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. That's what the psalmist says in Psalm 146, and that's where we're going to be tonight as we conclude our sermon series on the book of Psalms. Perhaps we may continue into the Psalms in a roundtable in, in the future, but uh, as far as this sermon series goes, we're ending it tonight. I was the one who started it, the one who ended it, a lot of pressure. But tonight we're going to be concluding our series on the book of Psalms, our sermon series. And our sermon series has shown us the vast difference from psalm to psalm, has it not? When I introduced the psalms a couple months ago, I told you that there are no, in any book of the Bible, there is no higher high than what we see in the book of Psalms. And in no book of the Bible is there any lower low than what we read in the book of Psalms either. And so we've seen that week after week that there are these amazing highs and these amazing lows that we read throughout the Psalms. In one Psalm, we're going to be able to see all of this joy. And in the next Psalm, we're going to see all of this pain and all of this suffering. But throughout each of the studies, we have seen one thing remain the same. One thing has remained the same, regardless of whether it is a lament or whether it is a triumph. The one thing that has remained the same is God. God has been the subject of each of these psalms. God has either been the one that they are talking to, has been the one they are talking about, has been the one they are petitioning to. Each and every time we look at the book of Psalms, that's what we're going to find. When we talked about the book of Psalms to begin with, we said that no other book of the Bible perhaps connects to the reader throughout all the generations like the book of Psalms does. Because like we said, we have seen ourselves, we have lived ourselves at the lowest of lows. Each of us have had things happen to us in our life, whether it be a loss of a loved one or whether it be some medical diagnosis or whether it be some other type of trial, we have been at the lowest of lows. And also each of us have experienced great and wonderful things in our life. And we've seen ourselves at the highest mountaintops. And tonight, we are going to learn what God deserves from His creation regardless of what phase of life you currently find yourself. Tonight we're going to be examining what our God deserves from each one of us, whether we are at the highest mountaintop peak of our life or whether we are at the lowest valley and pit of despair of our life. God demands and He deserves the same thing from both of those groups. And with that, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 146. Psalm 146. You know, when you take a glance at this psalm, at the, at the onset, you can see that there is no author that is ascribed uh, uh, to this psalm. Most of the psalms will see a psalm of David, and sometimes we'll even see this was after his sin with Bathsheba. And so you'll able to have this context entering into the psalm. 
And so then you're able to understand why the, why the psalmist is saying what they are saying. Sometimes it's Moses, sometimes it's David, but most of the psalms tell us who the author is. Well, of course, when you look at Psalm 146, we don't have that. We don't have a superscription telling us what context this is from. And so when we look at Psalm 146, we're not able to know the, the, the context of, of why this is being said by the psalmist. Why is the psalmist saying what he's saying in this psalm? We don't really know. And perhaps that gives us an even greater appreciation if we think about it in a way we're going to think about it tonight. What we do know about Psalm 146 is that it is part of the final five psalms in the book of Psalms. And scholars have, have labeled these five final psalms as the final Hallel. Hallel is a Hebrew word meaning praise. And when you look at the first phrase of this psalm, 146, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord is really just one Hebrew word. Hallelujah. If you look at that word, we're going to see Hallel means praise. Yah is a shortened version of the name Yahweh, which is the Lord. And so when you see that, it's praise the Lord. You'll notice in Psalm 146, 147, 148, 149, 150, all of them start with praise the Lord, and they end with praise the Lord. In Psalm 146, the one we're studying tonight, is the beginning of this final Hallel, as the scholars would say. As we start this uh, Psalm 146, it's amazing to me, like I said, that there is no context as to why the psalmist is praising the Lord, but perhaps as we study Psalm 146, we're going to see why that is. Why is the psalmist praising the Lord? Why, why do the psalmist in, in this final Hallel, in this final five psalms, why are they so passionate about praising the Lord. And therefore, we're ready to read verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being, the psalmist says. What a great start to this psalm, right? Praise the Lord, O my soul, the psalmist says. While I have my being, I will praise the Lord, the psalmist says. What an amazing start. Again, we don't have the context as to why he's praising God so much. We don't have any understanding as to what made him get into this attitude. Perhaps if we had some kind of context, like this is David uh, 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 writing this psalm after a great battle victory, we would understand why he would say, praise the Lord, but we don't have that. We don't know why he, he is immediately giving praise to the Lord. But what we do know is that at the very onset of this psalm, the psalmist vows to praise the Lord all the days of his life. As long as this psalmist has breath in their lungs, as long as the psalmist is able to rise up and live his life, he is going to praise God the Lord. As long as he has blood pumping throughout his body, he's going to praise the Lord. Notice another thing about this first couple of verses. The psalmist 
who is he directing this to? You know, a lot of times the Psalms will say, Praise the Lord, all ye lands. Telling the world around them to praise the Lord, that, that, that the world around them must praise the Lord. Sometimes the psalmists say, Praise the Lord, all ye people. And therefore, again, giving the idea that the world is to praise the Lord. But what does he say in this psalm? Psalm 146, he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. He's telling himself that, that I have got to praise the Lord. That's a very important thing about this psalm we're going to notice as the psalm goes forward. We're going to notice that, that time and time again, maybe he is reminding himself why he should praise the Lord. He is telling himself and reminding himself why praising the Lord must be what he is about all throughout this psalm. He says, oh my soul. Why should the psalmist remind themselves of this? Perhaps the same reason why each of us need to remind ourselves of why we need to praise the Lord. Perhaps the psalmist is like many of us and they, they totally forgot how much they needed to praise God. Because they, they, they might have been living a great life like most of us. Time after time we're blessed more and more as the days go by and we forget who those blessings come from. The psalmist says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Perhaps the psalmist is on that mountaintop that we were talking about. and They need to remind themselves to praise the Lord. Or perhaps the psalmist is in the valley and needs the reminder to praise the Lord anyway. Why should this psalmist praise the Lord? Well, he's about to say in the following verses, verse 3 and 4, Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help, his spirit departs. He returns to his earth. And in that very day, his plans perish. All right. Get some trouble here. But the psalmist is telling himself that he, he needs to praise the Lord. He's reminding himself that the Lord is the one who deserves the praise. What does he say? He reminds himself not to put his trust in people. Not to put his trust in princes or, or in a son of man or, or in some leader on earth because in the end, he says, they are of no help. In the end, he says, they return to their earth, his spirit departs, and in that very day, his plans perish. The first reason the psalmist praises the Lord is because when he praises the Lord, that means he doesn't have to worry about earthly kings. If his praise and his heart is on the Lord, he doesn't have to worry about earthly leaders. Instead of trusting princes or kings or earthly men of whom there is no help, he puts his trust in the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter how great a king is. 
It doesn't matter how, how, how great of a leader they are, uh, how great accomplishments they have, or, or what they're able to do on this earth. Guess what? There's going to come a day where they are no longer king. There's going to come a day where, where they're no longer in charge, and just like the Bible says, in that very day, their plans will perish. In that very day, all the things that they were building, all of the things that they were doing, will be completely eradicated. And another king or another prince or another leader will show up and do whatever they want with what was left. Some of you, our eyes are wide open. But I want to talk to us seriously about what this passage is saying tonight. I want to challenge each of us with what it's actually saying instead of what we want it to say. Some of us would like to say, see right there, that is why God blesses some presidents or some leaders or some kings and then he completely leaves and abandons other kings and other presidents and other leaders. And so therefore, when times are good, that's because God is blessing. When times are bad, it's because God is not blessing. You know, it's been interesting to me over the past very current, present years, it's been interesting to me to watch how some of our brothers in Christ come up and, and, and pray before the congregation. It's a great service that uh, some of our brothers ha have signed on to be willing to lead prayer for our congregation, to lead our thoughts before God. And it's, it's interesting to me that when there is a president that some of us like, Sometimes the prayers about God, please be with us as a nation. Be with us. Help guide us and, and help our steps and help us make good decisions and help us turn our eyes back to you, God. Sometimes when it's a president we do like, those prayers lessen. And then sure enough, when there's a president that we not, not, might not necessarily like or like some of the things that they uh, put into law or, or put into practice, all of a sudden, the prayers, every single time it feels like, Lord, help turn our eyes back to you. You know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be praying for our nation. Absolutely we should. Absolutely we should be praying for our nation. Absolutely we all should, should be going to before God, and, and it is a wonderful practice for these men to come and to pray for our entire congregation as we lift up this prayer to God God, please be with our nation. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. What I am saying is I wish we would pray that prayer all the time. And not just when there's a leader we don't like. Because when we don't pray that prayer all the time, we are exposing where our true faith relies. When there's a president that we do like, when there's a leader that we do like, and we do not pray that prayer, where is our faith and where is our reliance? When there's a leader that we do like in charge, we give them our trust. But when there's a leader we don't like, we start to trust in God again. Brethren, whether it's a leader we like or a leader we don't like, our trust must be in God. Our trust must be in God and God alone, not an earthly man or an earthly leader. Why? Because the psalmist says, they are of no help. 
In the day that they go away, he says, that all of their plans perish. They return to the earth and they're gone. Brethren, too many of us have put our trust in earthly leadership. Too many of us have put our hearts and our trust and our faith in men instead of the King of kings. And so when we pray to God about our nation, whether it is somebody we love or somebody we can't stand, we must pray to God that He will be with us, that He will turn our eyes back to Him, that He will lead us in the way that we should go. Because God is our King. Not a man. The psalmist continues in verses 5 through 9. He says, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, who the, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, He turns upside down. You know, this might be one of my favorite passages in all the Psalms. Psalm 146, verses 5-9 through might be one of my favorite passages in all the songs. You know why? Because after reading that passage, there's no way any of us can walk away not saying, praise the Lord. There's no way any of us can read that passage and walk away not saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Because this is the Lord that we serve. This is the Lord that each of us serve. Every single one of these things are reasons for why we must praise the Lord all the days of our life. Just like the psalmist says. Why? First reason he says is because God, the Lord that you are praising is a God who helps. He says, happy are those who have the God of Jacob for their help. Second thing he says is God, God is a God who gives hope to His people. God is, is it, we, 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 we praise a God who made heaven. Every time that you look out of your window and, and you see great sights and you go travel to, to great destinations and you, and you see that great vivid imagery of this earth, every time you look at that, you realize God did that. Every time at night when you look up into the sky and, and you see those stars and, and you see that amazing vast space above you, you realize God did that. God did that. He says, God made the earth and the seas and, and all that is in them, all the animals. Every time you see animals, every time you see the, the great roaring sea, God did that. It's not just creation, though. He, he names 
practical everyday life things that God does too. This whole world is searching for their truth, right? Find my truth. If I, if I could just live out my truth, then each one of those individuals winds up hopelessly lost, don't they? Because they're not searching the truth, they're searching their own truth. But here the psalmist says, this is a God who keeps the truth forever. We praise the Lord because He keeps truth forever. We praise this Lord because He is a God who executes justice for the oppressed. When we think about those who are oppressed in our world, when we think of those who, who, who are downtrodden and those who are not taken care of and those who are turned a blind eye upon and those who are not loved and, 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 and provided for, God takes care of them. When the world, when the government, when, when whoever you want to blame doesn't take care of them, God takes care of them. God executes justice for the oppressed. What else does He do? We praise the Lord because God gives food to the hungry, the psalmist says. God provides food for the hungry. Whether it's through His own people or through other means, God provides food. He also provides freedom to the prisoners, the psalmist says. Each one of us have been prisoners at one point in our life. Perhaps not prisoners in the way that we usually think about that in the world today, but each one of us have been prisoners of Satan. Prisoners of self. Prisoners of sin. And if you praise this Lord that I'm talking about and the psalmist is talking about, God was the one who gave you freedom. God was the one who broke those bonds, who broke those chains and allowed you to be free from your sin, free from yourself, and free from Satan. The psalmist says that, that this is a God who opens the eyes of the blind. This is a God who raises those who are bowed down. All of those who are bowed low, bowed down in sorrow and pain and in strife and all the different things in life, all those that are bent to their knees, God is the one who raises them up. God is the one who picks them up out of the pit of the valley of despair. Not a single one of us can get out of that valley but without God. We praise God because He's the one that raises us up. Why else do we praise God, the psalmist says? The, the psalmist says, we praise God because He loves the righteous. This world doesn't love the righteous, do they? The world that we live in do not love the righteous. They love the wicked. They praise what is bad, and they hate what is good. I think Jeremiah said something about that. But God, the God that we praise tonight, He loves the righteous. Why else do we praise God? Well, it says that He watches over the strangers. He watches over strangers. You know those people that, that we don't really know, that, that we don't really even see from time to time as we live our life, and those who 
perhaps are in our presence tonight. But perhaps they're estranged for some reason or the other. Perhaps they feel lonely. Perhaps they aren't really attached to any other person in this building. God watches over them. God watches over the strangers, it says. And what else does we praise God for? Well, the psalmist says, God relieves the fatherless and the widow. All of the orphans, all of the widows out there, God is the one who provides relief to those people. Why else do we praise God? The psalmist says, because God turns the way of the wicked upside down. When we look at that list, verses 5 through 9, when we look at this, it's no wonder why the psalmist would say, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help because the, those who have the God of Jacob for his help have all of those things. Regardless of where they find themselves, if they are in the pit of despair, if they're the ones that are blind, if they're the ones that are bowed down, if they're the ones that are needing food, if they are the ones who are needing justice, they have the God of Jacob as their help. And therefore, the psalmist praises the Lord. Because of this, the psalmist must praise the Lord. You know, we might not know the context of why the psalmist is saying all of this, but one thing we do know is that the psalmist obviously knew God. We don't know why the, the, the psalmist is saying all of this. Perhaps it's because he has been downtrodden. Perhaps it's because he has been oppressed, or he has been hungry, or he has been blind, and God was the one who helped him out of that situation. I don't know. But one thing we do know is that this psalmist knew God. He knew the character of God. He had experienced God in his life before, and he is telling generations for generations why we must praise the Lord. It may be that the psalmist is reminding himself how God has been the one giving him relief and raising him up. And it's because this God whom the psalmist is talking about and the psalmist is praising in this psalm tonight, it's because this is the God that does all of this. That's why he says what he says in verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. We were talking about earthly kings earlier. We were talking about earthly leaders. The psalmist contrasts that with the God that we serve. And he says, the God that you serve, the God that you serve, O Zion, will last, He will endure, He will reign forever to all generations. The psalmist knew that kings will come and go. People will come and go. Trials will come and go. Life 
comes and goes, but God endures. God reigns. God rules forever and ever. The psalmist knew that as many days this earth is going to orbit around this sun, that God is the one who has reigned, is reigning, or will reign over every one of those days. The Lord reigns forever. And thus, he ends it the same way he started it. Praise the Lord. Where are you at tonight? I don't mean whether you're online or in person. I mean, where are you at tonight with your soul? Do you find yourself at the top of that mountain? You know, if I have to answer that question, I'm going to say with hesitance that I have found myself at the top of the mountain lately. This past week or so, I've been able to watch my family, Jensie's family, love on and, and appreciate and just fall in love with my son, Harper. Been able to have the holidays, been able to get my master's degree, been able to do all these other things, and I find myself at this mountaintop. I find myself finally at this mountaintop of a bunch of things I've been trying to get towards, I've been trying to get to my whole life. And in many ways, I find myself at this mountaintop, but you know what that doesn't change? It doesn't change the fact that atop of this mountain, I need to praise the Lord. Atop of this mountain that I found myself on, I have got to praise the Lord for it. Do you find yourself tonight at the bottom of the valley of the pit of despair. Perhaps there's many of you tonight that don't find themselves at a mountaintop. You find yourself completely and utterly at a loss for how to feel about this new year coming ahead of us. You know, it's great to hope. It's great for us to set resolution. It's great for us to dream great dreams about how great this new year is going to be. But for some of you, all you can think about is the pain that you feel. The suffering that you are experiencing. The lack of the silver lining in your life. Perhaps some of you are thinking about all that you lost in 2021. Some of you might be thinking all you can see in front of you is how miserably lost your soul is in this moment. Some of you are so low in the valley that you can't even see the mountain in front of you. But you know what that doesn't change? It doesn't change the fact that at the pit of the valley of despair, you still must praise the Lord. If you're on a mountaintop tonight, it's because God put you there. And therefore, you must praise Him for it. But if you are in a valley tonight, you still need to praise God because He's the only one who can pull you out of that valley of despair. Maybe you're just like this psalmist and you need to recite this psalm to yourself tonight to remind yourself why you praise the Lord. 
Maybe you need help. Maybe you have lost hope or you need the truth or you have been oppressed and you need justice in your life or you need food or you need freedom or you need to regain your sight or you need to be raised up or you need to have His righteousness. Maybe you need relief. Whatever we find ourselves at tonight, we all have the same solution offered to us. Praise the Lord. Psalmist says, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Can you say that tonight? Whichever phase of life you are in tonight, Psalm 146 is for you. Whichever state you find yourself in tonight, that same God of Jacob, who reigns forever to all generations, is here to help you and is here to receive you as together we stand and sing for your encouragement.
able to be here this evening or join us online. If you haven't taken time to register your attendance, please do that. We'll close with song number 714. And I didn't know what Ben was going to preach about tonight, but this fits right in. So We'll sing uh, the first, third, and fifth verses of Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a Excellent is thy name in all the earth. We come before you this day with praises on our lips. We praise you, O God, for all of 2021. We've had our ups and downs, but overall, we, we thank you. We praise you for entering 2022. 
We're thankful, O oh God, tonight for the lesson by Brother Ben Hogan, encouraging us to continue to praise the Lord, not just on Sunday morning or Sunday evening or whenever we are at the building, but we praise you 24-7. Above all, we praise you for Jesus, your son, our Savior, who once tabernacled this life yet without sin, shedding his blood on that old rugged cross that all men everywhere may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for your people as we look forward to 51 more Sundays, not only here at Beaufort, but throughout the brotherhood. We will praise you, praise your name, lift you up wherever we are, whatever we are doing. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to praise you. Go with us now as we journey to our respective homes. Lead us safely. Bring us back at the next appointed time. It is in Jesus' name we give thanks. Amen.